Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully everyone had a good week and is feeling hopeful. It's, uh, it certainly is getting a little darker, but uh, as you all may know, I, uh, I welcome it. it. The darker it gets, the quicker we can see the other side of this. But uh, before we get into all of the topics today, let's uh, get into it. Right off the top, uh, somebody mentioned it to me today, actually, and it kind of, it was one of those moments that made you pause and really reflect with what you just heard. And uh, what they said was, should the government be responsible for your safety? And it seems like a simple enough question, and uh, you you would assume a simple enough answer, but the more you sit with it, the more it kind of, at least for me, resonated. And it make it makes you really think should they cuz in that concept they they have a duty at that point if if they're responsible for it which opens the door to so much other as we've seen impositions and and authority and it it really isn't a simple answer and it it it's not often i i hear something and it kind of takes me that far back but I'm just not sure. And I've always been, I, I'm a country kid. I grew up out in the boonies. And uh, where I come from, seatbelts are, are very not common, at least not in regards to actually using them. And I moved to the city and you, you obviously, it, it comes with a pretty hefty ticket. So you don't want to run that risk. So... As I got older and left my roots, I, I started using a seatbelt more more often. But I always held true to the belief that finding somebody for not wearing a seatbelt, where the only risk is themselves, uh, it just didn't sit right with me. I it never really, I I really did do still view it as a cash grab. It is no more than punishing you for risking yourself. And maybe I've just always had these libertarian roots where the government really has no place. But it just it's it's the similar concept but extrapolated to more of a extreme situation. But I think I think the answer's still the same. I, I don't think the government's job is to punish the individual for individual risk. And I say that in context to what we're going through now, because at this point, if you'd like a vaccine, you've had it. If you feel like you're at risk and you wish to have that protection, you've got it. And realistically speaking, if you are a high-risk individual at this point, you know as well to take extreme precaution. Uh, hopefully, if you're high-risk, you've already received the vaccine. Perhaps let's look at the sub 1% category of, of people who are at risk and can't get a vaccine, for example. And again, this is boiling it down to such a small percentage of the population, it's not necessarily a genuine argument, but nonetheless, we can address it. And truth be told, if, if you're high risk and low protection, you're not able to get a vaccine, for example, you presume that somebody in that situation would be taking every possible precaution available, especially knowing that simply participating in society at this point 
isn't inherently safe if you're at risk because the vaccine, as we know, does not stop transmission. So when you look at more of the typical population that, that are vaccinated or are not vaccinated, you've by now you've pretty much weeded out the people that want to be in and the ones that don't are, are doing so from a perspective that they've chosen. It's not it's not their it's not no one's struggling for access at this point. So it, it really comes down to at what point does the government have power to impose your safety on you at the cost of yourself? So you're going to get a ticket or you're going to suffer a consequence for placing yourself at risk. And maybe maybe it, it was that it, it struck back to my childhood, but it, it just weighed on me in a weird and interesting way. And I, even as I'm saying this now, I, I really can't frame it into better words. It, it leaves me at a loss. Um... And perhaps that's a sign of my political divide. Maybe for me that is a, a line of which I, I do not cross, really. How we get other people to view it that way, I beyond me, whereas I struggle with that every day. Uh, maybe I, I need to move to Florida or Texas where the, the individual has a little more sovereignty, a little more respect of the individual. And when we talk about individual versus group, it really reminds me, too, that you see a very vocal left, and I, I mean far left, every social justice cause, every trendy thing to speak out against, they get loud. And I think that really highlights the difference in ideologies, is the the loud left, in very few numbers can be very effective where when you go further right more individualistic more libertarian you find people that are just as passionate but passionate in the sense that they just want to be left alone they don't want to be in your face they don't want to have conflict they just want to be left alone and i think that has largely contributed to this political power vacuum that we're in now and we're now seeing a lot of people have been pushed too far. But how how do we prevent this from happening again? How do we how do we find center again? How do we balance? And truthfully, I I think we're in a time where it's so far away that I at least me, I, I can't I can't even see it. I can't see a path to balance at this point. I see a path forward. Unfortunately, we're going to have a counter swing to what we have now. And we have to be on guard for that too. I, I There's room for that to be dangerous. Or we don't have a counter swing and it just keeps going further and further the direction we're in. And that leads me to the conversation I've thought about doing tonight. And truthfully i it was a heavy one i didn't really want to though i feel there is a need i uh when i do these i i have the intention to leave it on a good note and what i want to talk about is 
difficult to find the silver lining in. It's uh, a hard one for me to, to kind of cushion at the end of it. But perhaps simply the perspective in itself can be the silver lining. And that conversation is really what's happening right now. It's heavy. I, I, I know I'm not the only one to feel it. It is extremely heavy. It is draining and daunting. It's the, the concept of the matrix, red pill, blue pill. I've really learned to respect the concept of not being able to go back. And sometimes I wish I could. I, uh, I see a lot of things for what they are. And it sucks. I wish I didn't. It's some of the heaviest stuff ever. And it leaves you so drained and wondering, how did we get here? Or how do we get out? But there is hope in despair. And we are going to lay some of that out now. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last month or so, you're acutely aware of what's happening. If you're, if you're listening to this now, I would assume that you probably share some of the same concerns. Uh, I would imagine that if you fundamentally disagree with everything I say, I've probably lost you by this point. So I will work off the assumption that we are seeing similar foundations happening here. And in Canada, we are, we're not sliding towards medical apartheid. We're there. We have both major parties in the country are platforming a campaign that will produce segregation. Plain and simple. I'm not going to mince words, and I think anyone that tries to rationalize are just... Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and just call it cognitive dissidence. It's it's such a disgusting tactic that maybe it's just too hard for the mind to really understand. Uh, I do find it difficult to believe that in a society where Black Lives Matter and Black Squares and all of these social justice causes, and I'm not going to prescribe motive or malice to any of it. I have personal views on many different things. But from a society that is so culturally and equality-wise just hypersensitive, to see absolute silence, it is so disheartening and it is such a gut punch to see we're talking about having your medical information be contingent on your participation in society. We're at the tail end of a pandemic and one that vastly impacts obese people and, and overweight people, unhealthy people drastically more than healthy people. This is, this is common knowledge. This is not a controversial statement, but in a time where your health is of utmost importance you may not go to the gym unless you have a trial phase medical intervention. I'm not going to dive down any conspiracy holes this time. Um, so I'm just going to work on the basis for now. I'm, I'm not going to ascribe anything to these vaccines. 
I they it's a fact they're still in their trial periods. It's a fact they are still only licensed under interim order by Health Canada, and it should be everyone's choice. Is my is my personal opinion, but I'm not going to to demonize or vilify people that chose to get vaccinated, whether it was conscious choice or coercion, because at this point, both types of people exist. And I have said from day one, there are people that have risk factors that justify jumping on trial medicine. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Luckily, this virus is not as deadly as it could have been. That's a good thing. And it really doesn't impact a breadth of people that should be concerned, which is good. It, it doesn't really pose a large risk to a large portion of the population. Uh, there are people that we should protect, and we always have needed to protect that population. But we are. We're, we're accepting medical apartheid at this point. Uh, liberals, full out. They are full force. They, the, the campaign talks, and de- it is, we have reached dehumanization. Uh, the language Trudeau is using, and if you end up in a liberal echo chamber on Twitter or Reddit or 4chan, if you end up anywhere where liberals congregate, you would be terrified. The, the language, and it's... Again, I don't use Holocaust references lightly. I do so with tact and and thoughtfulness but we have reached the point where people are dehumanizing and vilifying other humans i don't know where it goes and i don't know where it ends but i do know if we ignore these comparisons it's at our own cost we are in horrific times and people really need to wake up and and give their head a shake. I, I it really angers me and frustrates me to see so many family members, friends, and just people in general that are so loud about fairly small issues. That doesn't mean they can't be. They absolutely have the right to pick up whatever passion project they want. They can advocate for anything they want. But when you see masses pushing misguided agendas and then absolutely ignoring historical precedents and active happenings, it's it's scary. I've said it before and and I I wish it would stop getting more and more true. I've said that I don't wonder how it could happen anymore. But it seems like every week it gets more and more true, more and more relevant. And it's scary. It It is definitely scary. And it's not an easy situation to be in. Uh... And it's going to get worse, as we've seen with everything. It was just two weeks, non-essential, flatten the curve. That two weeks turned into two years. Non-essential, we've seen, has pretty much crossed every line possible. We've seen everything get taken away. So it would be 
disingenuous to think that this is going to stop where they start. It is going to start out with indoor dining, it's going to be gyms, and it's going to be certain specific venues. Uh, I believe weddings are now going to be vaccine passport only. Uh, it seems post-secondary is vaccine passport only. Uh, I know children's sports, many leagues have imposed their own uh, mandates uh, up to 12 years old, which to me is it's borderline criminal given the knowledge we have around the added risks to young kids and this vaccine paired against the actual risk this virus poses on them. The, the risks drastically outweigh the benefits to society or to the individual. And again, I would stipulate the benefits to society do not or should not trump your own risk calculation. You, unless it's like world changing, uh, you don't owe society anything other than to be just a decent person. And even that, you don't owe it to society to be decent. However, you get your own repercussions as a result of that. Again, free market will fix everything usually, as long as it doesn't run out of check. But yeah, we're we're in a spot where it's starting out seemingly slow, but as I say it, it's it's really not. There there it's a sweeping implementation already, but don't think for a second that this isn't going to spread. There is going to be reach on this and it's it's going to get dark. You've got indoor dining only. They will soon ban outdoor dining unless you're vaccinated. Uh, we've already heard cases in BC where healthcare is being denied to people without the vaccine. Uh, one being a 13-year-old boy broke his arm and was denied access to a walk-in clinic. There's, there was a, I believe it was Alberta, a lung transplant patient was removed from the list because she would not get the vaccine. Again, I need to restate this is still in trial phase. It is still only licensed under interim emergency order. So, and if it was fully finished, licensed, and tested, that still doesn't change my perspective. It's, but it does have to be into account when you're talking about imposing this now. I, I would disagree then, but at least you'd have more information, more understanding, and a better grasp of what's happening. So, yeah, I, I don't use the term medical apartheid lightly, and it should hit. That should hit the chest with a thud, because that's where we're at. And and the rhetoric that's happening, the, the language is very concerning. It, it is very easy to assess the situation and really wonder if there's not different motives going on. You're seeing dehumanization, you're seeing segregation, you're seeing othering, and, and you're seeing intentional division. Uh, you've got Justin Trudeau using language like those people, uh, and going on tirades about how anyone who's unvaccinated is posing a imminent and deadly risk to children everywhere. 
despite the fact we know, again, this is good news, this is not controversial, that children are largely, should not be even the slightest bit concerned about what's happening. They should be more concerned about what's happening with the government, uh, but as far as a medical situation goes, this is not an emergency for, for youth. And again, I, I, it's disgusting that I have to reiterate every time I say something good, that that is a good thing. I, I, I have to diffuse people's cognitive dissonance and, and calm them down and, and just be like, this is good. It doesn't have to be controversial. This is good. So we are definitely getting into the, the dark of the darks now. And we're at... The good thing is that it, it's not sustainable. One way or another, we're, we're hell-bent full force ahead into a pinnacle where we're going to be at a precipice very soon where it's either going to get really, really bad or we're going to see some good comeback and, and a positive shift. And I would argue that we're probably already turning the corner to the better. You've seen provinces, and if you haven't, I really encourage you, regardless if you've got the shot, you haven't, you agree with the lockdowns, you don't, I don't care where you stand. I encourage you to reach out to your province's Facebook page against the vaccine passport. Because despite the fact that the government and the powers that be want us segregated and divided, the truth is the only way through this is to find unity. And to find unity in a time of mass segregation and apartheid is to just remove yourself from those systems. And I, I don't mean flee Canada. My I, I know I, I joked about it earlier, but my my view is this is my country. These are my values. This is where I belong. I will fight for my values until such a time that I literally can't fight anymore. Be it pending, like, if it gets so bad that, that I have to flee for my life. But I, I will not flee out of discomfort or ease. I, I'm just going to leave because I could just make it easier by, by leaving. That's just not who I am. And truthfully, I don't think that's really how many Canadians are. Canadians are, are very polite and, and kind to a point. But then, then you, you, we're a lot like the Canadian goose. Pleasant enough when you're, if you're just walking by, you'll, you'll be fine. They might, they might give you the side eye. They might say, hey, how's it going? You get too close, you push too far, and it's a different animal. It's going to take out some, some heavy predators. I, I certainly would not want to mess with, a, with an angry Canadian goose. And, and I think that's a fairly good analogy to the typical Canadian. When you push somebody too far, it's, it's not a fun situation to create. Most of the time, you're not going to like the outcome. And we're full force heading that way, which is necessary. I don't know if it's good or bad yet, but we're at a point where it's, it is necessary. It is necessary for people to be mad. 
angry and fed up. And to a degree that it forces somebody to actually do something. It removes the ability to be a sideline person in this battle. And it really is, we are in a battle, um, be it of principalities or morals or straight out battle. Like it's, it's getting bad. And there doesn't seem to be many in or near power that desire a de-escalation. We're, we're simply seeing more and more escalation. And perhaps by design. Perhaps it's, it's heading to a dark place and confrontation is unavoidable. I do know that it, it's not going to look well, whoever starts that. Um, and again, whatever side, if it were to happen, whatever side starts it, they will be met. And I, I say that consciously. If if you have some freedom-loving people get mad enough to riot, it will be met in full force with power. And the same thing goes the other way. If you see one of these tyrannical governing bodies, say Quebec, if they impose something similar to Australia, you're going to see an answer to that. So we are in a pot of boiling water at this point. Uh, emotionally, I think this country is sitting on a powder keg. And I don't have an answer to that. I don't, I don't know how we navigate around that or avoid it. And I don't know the outcome. But I do know that one way or another, something has to happen. This is not sustainable long-term. But back to unity and my potential solution to this, or at least the only plausible course of action I see on the table short of civil unrest. And that is just stop playing the games. Stop participating in a system of oppression and segregation and apartheid. Don't do it. And and what I mean is, if you've got your vaccine, do not offer proof. Do not patronize places that request it. Uh, and the same goes if you're not vaccinated. This is private personal information that cannot be honestly justified by science. And I say that, as I say it, I realize... Not once have they actually tried to lay out the case for why these passports are here other than there's a pandemic. They're not they're not trying to rationalize the fact that if you've got a vaccine you can still catch it and spread it without issue. Uh you've got studies now that show if you're vaccinated you're actually possibly carrying a larger viral load in your nasal cavity, which is a huge driver of spreading. Again, you may not show symptoms, and if you do show symptoms, you're, the evidence would say you're likely going to have a better run of it, less likely to be hospitalized. But that doesn't actually stop spread or, or contraction of it. So, in science, 
it's it's pretty difficult to justify why this system is here, which would force you'd think it would force the logical deduction of okay, well then what is this about? And I would point your attention to China and and really understand the pervasive power of the social credit system, and it. I don't think it's coming. I, I think it's here. I think I think this is more than just the start of it. I, I think the security state has led to some of this. But it's here. And, and how do we stop it, slow it, avoid it? We just need to hold hands. Or if you're worried, we can hold elbows and unite... Do not do this. Do not do not let people do this. And it's going to be difficult. But at the end of the day, a government can insert mandates all they want. At the end of the day, it's up to the individual businesses to say, yeah, this is a policy I can get behind. Or no, I do not stand for this. And fortunately, there's a lot of people that are on board with unity. Uh, my myself, this the province I live in, Ontario. I believe we're over a hundred and ten thousand members of uh, people standing against vaccine passports. And again, you can do that regardless of your vaccination status, regardless on your thoughts or hypotheses on what's going on. Your it doesn't matter your politics. You can be a liberal, conservative, PPC, Green Party, and you can join hands and say, no, this is too far. This is not something I'm willing to do. I will not ask somebody for their passports, and I will not participate in a system that asks that of me. Because today, for my vaccinated friends, today, it's easy. Yeah, you've got your pass. What happens when they say, oh, no, you need three, otherwise it's invalid? Now Israel, for example, is saying you need four. Uh, and then, well, okay, it's only for people that align politically with, with the flow right now. It's it, it's such a slippery slope, and we're already halfway down it. So if, if we can't unite, then unfortunately a lot of people are going to learn just how slippery this slope is. So myself, I, I simply will not patronize a place that, that asks it of me. And I will exclusively be doing business through one of the Facebook groups in which I can specifically search for people that share my ethical and moral views. Uh, and I will go out of my way to, to spend my money in places that align that way. Uh, we really have to vote with our money. We have to, we have to sway the economy. Again, I am a very firm believer in free market and capitalism and it has a ton of power so it's due time we join and exert some of that power in a meaningful way further to that point uh, i am aware of some legal recourse happening slash about to be happening in regards to implementation of these passports and and the discriminatory segregation apartheid system that is being unfolded in front of us 
And that is the human rights code and discrimination in the eyes of the law. Unfortunately, for the mandates to be struck down, they're going to have to go through court. Uh, they're going to have to be proven to be unconstitutional, discriminatory, and that takes probably years. It'll probably be years before we have resolution on a federal or provincial level. But there is a short-term and immediate resolution for people pushing back. And if you're a business owner, if you know a business owner, I really encourage you or them to educate themselves on it because it has a very large liability portion on them. Businesses are not aware that they are about to get wrecked legally. And the federal government doesn't care. We've seen the disregard the federal government has for businesses. They don't care if you go bankrupt. They don't care if you have to sell all of your belongings to pay back debts that they have forced you to take so you don't go bankrupt. They just don't care. And they haven't started to now. So we know it is a fact to discriminate based on vaccination status, especially in a situation where it has not been fully approved. Whether it's religious, conviction, moral, any reason you have to not take it and a business denies you entry or denies you service or accommodation, they expose themselves to a human rights tribunal and a human rights complaint. And I encourage anybody who gets denied service, absolutely, I don't care if you have to do five a day because five businesses denied you, every time you get denied, file a claim under the Human Rights Act in front of the Human Rights Tribunal. This tribunal is to represent discrimination and human rights violations within our country. And to my knowledge, they have had businesses already contact them, asking them for clarification on these policies. It has so far, again, I have not fully vetted it, but legally and logically it follows soundly. They are basically saying... Businesses have a duty to accommodate under human rights acts and and the policies laid out in their own governing measures that are not superseded by the federal government. You simply cannot say, oh, well, I'm just following the mandate. You can, you can say it. It doesn't make it legal. You cannot discriminate for a litany of reasons. And... That's going to be a big problem for businesses as the federal government is not even allowed to intervene in that process. So that process will happen, it will carry out, and the businesses will be liable personally for punitive damages. And you're going to see that system get blown up. And and it really, it should. Um, it's... But these are just some of the ways we can fight back. And and we're at a point now where we absolutely have to. I uh, Outside of work, um, for my vaccinated friends, I have very little patience or really respect. Uh, yeah, it comes off a little rude or repugnant, perhaps. 
but I don't have a lot of respect for people that participate in this. I, I can understand work if, if it comes to putting food on the table and it makes it easy. I get, I get that. But if you're willing to scan your code and go to Krabby Joe's, I have no respect for that. I, I simply don't. And, and that might mean nothing to you. Maybe my respect is not something you even desire. But we're at a point now where that matters. Uh, it's, it's not just the German citizens kind of going along with it. You're participating in segregation and, and apartheid. It's, yeah, you, you have to fight it at every cost, at every corner. And we will get through this. But we need to find unity and, and link up in a common cause. I uh, This has changed how I will deal with business, how I deal with government. It has changed so much of my perspective that I, fundamentally I, I would say I'm, I've broken from who I was. But I, I don't necessarily see it as that. I, I see things very clearly now and through a educated and, and and refined historical context and it, it's it terrifies me I like I said I, I wish I could undo it I wish I could unsee it all but I can't and this is where we are this is the we're skating down the hill at this point and who knows is, is it going to be a dead stop at the bottom or are we going to see a ramp and are we going to launch back up I know I'm not leaving that to chance myself I'm going to do what I can when I can and where I can I I have my convictions and I stand by them I I at this point it's we just need to encourage everyone else to to join forces and stand on principles Otherwise, we're going to have a society where principles simply don't even matter. Uh, like I said, I, I this was a heavy one. I, I It's been a bit of a heavy week, and it's probably coming out in my content as to what I chose to talk about. But, as I said at the beginning, there it's you got to find the silver lining, and I see it getting better. Not only do I see it getting better, I'm, I'm starting to see a path forward, which is something I probably didn't even actually see even two weeks ago. Uh, there is a fight ahead, and the battle lines are being drawn. But strategically speaking, I don't. we're nowhere near checkmate. I, I think this is just warming up, and I don't think the powers that be are ready for just how what happens when you push... Canadians too far and and more and more people are realizing there's something messed up going on they're they're being too heavy-handed with this and I see that in my personal life everywhere there's people I know that are firm they're like okay I've got my two shots I'm not getting three I let me see the science now and I've got people that are slightly at risk they have had their shots but they will not participate in this apartheid. They will not participate in segregation. 
and that gives me hope. The it's super frustrating that it's taking so long for people to see, but I can't actually blame them because given the choice, would I tune out and just be ignorant to it? Maybe I, I, I might actually opt for that, but I can't. So I do a podcast and I advocate for policy and politics and hopefully we can wake more people up to see what's happening and impact change. But I thank you for tuning in and listening to my Sunday evening rant and ominous forecast of what I see to come. And hopefully I have at least offered a sliver of hope. If you have a different solution or think I got something wrong, or you could handle something better, by all means, send me an email. I will leave my email in the show notes. And until next week, hang in there and be well.